Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Hey friends, we are so excited that you are back for another episode of the Backyard Chat Podcast. We have had a really powerful month learning all about hope. Karen, how would you define hope? This entire month, we have talked about the differences in the way the world defines hope, which is sort of like a wishful thinking or an expectation that something that they desire will happen. And that's a lot of the time the way that we think about hope. But for Christians, for people who follow Jesus, hope for us is a confident expectation that the things that God has promised will in fact happen and that God is who God says he is and that we can rely on that all the time. And so our hope is more concrete than the hope that the world has that's just sort of this wishful thinking. And so as we've dug into that and as we've redefined it and reoriented ourselves around the hope that we have as Christians, it's just been a powerful time. And with Easter right in the middle, with being able to celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus, it has been, for me, just an, an anchor again to remember that when hard times come, that the hope that I have is something that will always, always, always get me through those times. No, that's wonderful. I really feel like we use the word hope so much. We've just worn it out to where it's lost its meaning. So it has been so nice to just take a beat and and dig in and rediscover for ourselves what hope is and what hope means to us. So what does hope mean to you? Hope is what brings me confidence. Hope is what leads me back to trust God, and hope is what reminds me of the stability that I have as a believer in Christ that is God-given, that He's given me an anchor. And so for me, I had like a really pivotal moment in life where I really understood hope in a different way. So someone in my family that I was very close to was diagnosed with a disorder or disease that has no management, no treatment, and no cure. And when somebody that you are very close to has no management, no treatment, no cure attached to the diagnosis, it becomes very apparent that all that is left is dependence upon God. And having no place to run, I realized that if I scoured the entire earth, that I would not find anyone that knew a management, a treatment, or a cure, that it really would just be the hope that we had in God that would lead us through that. And for me, it redefined how I saw God. And it was just such a blessing to me to be able to have that. So now when dark days come, and they do for all of us, even as much as we do everything we can to keep that from happening, when dark days come, it is that hope that I have in Jesus, that anchor that I'm reminded of and have experienced that leads me back to that hope and that anchor over and over and over and has just changed my faith in so many ways. That's beautiful. I had a very similar thing. I think, you know, hope was a word. It was a church word. It's a word I could definitely recite the definition. I knew what it meant. I knew my hope was in Jesus. But when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, it was a very um, sudden thing in our family. My dad had never been sick, never been in the hospital. And he checked in on a Monday morning, and they ran tests during the day. And that evening, he coded. And... In that moment, we weren't sure when they whisked him away if he was going to make it or not. And the doctors came in and let us know that it was cancer. You can imagine the shock that we all had. And I know you were there. You came. I'm texting you and Pastor John and y'all 
drove an hour to Katie to be there. And in the days to come, they immediately started a treatment that didn't work. And it was very clear to us that the treatment was absolutely not going to save my dad. And we had tough conversations. And I'll never forget being in the ICU room with him. And it was my mom, my brother, my sister, and I. And we were all around his bed at the foot of his bed. And we had come to terms with it. And the doctor came by for a visit. And we kind of had a discussion about where we were. And my dad had been intubated for days. And so he wasn't able to speak very well. It was very slow. But when the doctor was getting ready to leave, he kind of let out this sigh. And he said, Mr. Gindorf, I just hate to see you give up hope. And he said that and something came over me because I'm like, well, that is not what is happening here. And I looked at my dad and my dad's eyes are bugging out and he's shaking his head from side to side. And very slowly and very clearly, he said, I have hope. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just so strong. I just felt like I was on fire. And I just kind of squeezed my dad's foot. And I said, that's right, Daddy, tell him who your hope is in. And he said, real slow and real clear, make no mistake. He said, my hope is in Jesus. And the doctor just kind of hung his head. And he said, you hang on to your faith, Mr. Gindorf. And he left the room. And from that moment on, all the fear and the anxiety that I had felt was different because I realized that hope for me was something I was going to have to hold on to. And there was nothing that was going to take that away from my dad, not anything. And so we were able to march through the next few days ahead, hanging on to that hope. And I understood it for the first time because I experienced it. And so it took on a whole new meaning to me. It's not a word that I tend to overuse as much because it really does mean something to me. You know what I love, too, is and we were both blessed by parents that lived out their faith, like truly to their yes. last breath. And so when I think about equipping parents with this idea of hope, what I pray for is that parents will become equipped in that same way so that in those moments, truly of life and death, that they they will cling to the hope and be able to to their last breath to share that with their children. Because, you know, I walked with you through those days. I was there when they, the doctor came in and gave the diagnosis. And I remember thinking as the doctor was talking to your family in my mind, I was like, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And then, um, but you could just feel the peace of God in the room. And it was like, I, whatever the outcome of this is, it was just so obvious that God's hand was already preparing and making a way. And that's what I want for our parents that listen. I want them to to realize that in those darkest days, they can truly have hope and that those will be the moments that will really and truly, like just like it changed your understanding of the word hope, it has changed my understanding of the word hope that as parents, we have the power to define that for our kids so that they can walk through life with this confident expectation that even in hard times, God is there always. Yes, you're exactly right. I think that our kids are watching how we respond to situations when the bad things do happen. How do we respond to that? How do we react? And the ways that we can share that hope with our kids that this may feel scary, but we don't have to be scared because God is always with us that we do just like we talked about with Becky and George, that we remind ourselves of God's promises so that we can remind our kids. And when our kids hear that from us and they see us living that out, that they're like, oh yeah, you know, I don't have to be scared. Mommy said she's not scared because God is with her. I don't have to be scared because God is with me too. All the things that we can just pour into our kids, they will respond to those situations, not only as a kid, but into adulthood. 
I think about things now that I do as an adult that I learned from my parents growing up that when this happened, well, that did happen to me when I was little, but my dad said, or my mom said, and then I respond based on how I saw them react back then. Does that make sense? It does, because when you were speaking, I got this image in my mind that was, we rely on God for God's strength and hope, and our children rely on us for that. And so sometimes we are the bridge until they can learn to rely on God for that for themselves. We're that bridge that will help them do that until they can start to do it for themselves. And hopefully, as they mature and as they're able to and grow in their own faith, one day they'll be doing that for themselves. And there will become one day probably when their strength and their faith and their hope is an inspiration to us. And we are learning from them. My mom says that to me sometimes. She'll say, now I'm learning from you. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's just that the whole cycle of life where we get to point our kids to Jesus and then sometimes... Later in life, they might start pointing us back to Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing when that happens in a family. Absolutely. I think, too, there are people out there listening that probably think, yeah, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know my hard time. My hard time is a lot different than yours, or my hard times just keep coming. It's like when it rains, it pours. And that hopelessness that they feel, um, maybe they don't see themselves as being a strong person for their kids. I just want to say, I think that's when we rely on the Holy Spirit, that God fills us up with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, it's not us. It's not our own strength. It is absolutely the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us and giving us that hope. And so I don't want us to ever feel discouraged that we can't do that because we we really can't on our own. That's the truth. We can't. It's, It's really not our work to do. It's God's work to do through us. And for us, our job really is to surrender so God can do that, to understand God's word, to know God's word, to spend time with God, to be growing in a relationship so that when those hard times come. But in those moments, it really is allowing God to work through us because there's nothing there's nothing that I can do that God can't do better. And so always, always, I want God to be able to work through me. And so that's, I think the key to great spiritual parenting is realizing that it's not, it doesn't lie within us, Mm -hmm. that it lies outside of us, but we know where to go to get it. And another thing too, as parents, we can remind our kids of God's character. All of the virtues that we learn, they point to the character of God and it helps our kids say, yeah, I do know God, and I know that God can be trusted. I know all these things about God, and I know that God never changes. And so that helps build up that hope for them as well. One of the things that when you said that, it reminded me, and my kids were so blessed to grow up under your leadership in children's ministry. And so they learned virtues their whole life long and learned God's character through those. And so I used to always say to them when they would say something that didn't match up with God's word, I would say, does that sound like God to you? Does that sound like what you know? And not long ago, one of the girls, I don't remember which one it was, was sitting there and they said something. They said it out loud and they said, well, actually, that doesn't sound like God to me. And I loved that because it just showed that over time asking that question, does that sound like God to you? Does that sound like what you know about God? That they could reframe it themselves. And so I think having those little tools where you ask a question back to them and help them frame it up as they get older really does stick. It absolutely does stick. So let's talk about some practical ways. You kind of mentioned it um, just a second ago, but some practical ways that we can cultivate hope in our lives. I think you said it best. It's the same way we do that with our kids. We learn God's character. We learn God's character in God's word. We think about how we've experienced God in the past. 
we read and listen to podcasts and, and hear how other people experience God and learn from that. And we know the story of Jesus. We understand why God sent Jesus and what, what Jesus did for us. And as we grow in that, as we begin to understand that, as we begin to take that on as not just a story, but our story, a part of our history and our legacy and how, how God created us, that it begins to change the way we see God. And as, as God gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our mind and in our life and in our heart, we can trust and hope and know his promises more. Many times I think we just, we have boxed God in and made God so tiny that it's almost like we think God needs our help to accomplish something. And when we're in that place where we feel like we've got to do something in order to get God to be something that we need God to be, that's a, a really bad place to be because we've just got it all. We've got the ingredients, but they're all mixed up and we're missing some ingredients. And it, it, if it was a dish, it would taste horrible because it's not the way it was meant to be. Yeah, we don't want to be cooking up anything crazy. I really think, too, when we spend time in God's Word, we spend time with God in His Word. We know God's promises. We know God's character. Spending time with people, people that are life-giving people, your friends, your inner circle that's going to point you to Jesus, remind you of God's promises. I think that's another great way to cultivate hope. And worship, like when you get your worship on, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your car, I mean, a lot of times for me, that really is a sweet time of worship for me because I sing really, really good in the car. If you could only hear me, but it's just a quiet time. It's just you and God driving down the road and listening to worship music. And that's just filling your heart full of God's promises and just a heart full of praise will silence the enemy completely. Absolutely. I can think of, you know, how you said Some people are like, you don't know my problems because I've had tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. That would be my story in many ways. And for every phase of different tragedy, there was like a song that God gave me. And I would listen to that song and I would put it on loop. And on the days that were the darkest, I would go and I would just listen to that song over and over. And literally it felt like God singing over me. Mm, and um, awesome. for me, that was powerful. It was such a powerful way to remember God. Because there were some days when you're in the middle of a tragedy, it's like, well, it's not like your brain literally can't dig into depth because it just can't. We're just not made. Our brains aren't made to function that way. And so when I couldn't grab for depth, I would go for God singing over me. And that's all I could take in was that one singular you know, message in a song or whatever. And it would literally lift me back up and, and kind of reorient me to remember who God is and to remember God's promises, because sitting to try to read the Bible was even a struggle for me at that time. So I think absolutely worshiping and praising and being in that place where God can just speak into you and pour into you. And I completely agree about having friends. There have been times when you've said to me, in the midst of hard times, I'll it'll feel chaotic to me. And, you'll, and you've said to me, Karen, remember God guides with his peace. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed to remember just to say, okay, you know what? Just be, be quiet, be still, and let God guide with his peace. Wherever there's peace, walk toward that. And wherever there's not, you know, run from that. And that was just huge for me. So I'm simple so truths. grateful. The simple, simple truths truth. you can hang on to. That's why we teach kids in that way, those simple truths you can hang on to. I really believe they're stored forever in our heart. And the Holy Spirit just brings them to mind when we need them the most. Well, I think we should just challenge everyone to think deeply about hope and to think about who is powering your hope. Mm -hmm. Is it circumstances? Is it things of this world that you're trying to hold on to? Or is your hope powered by Jesus Christ? And to really think about what that means to you over the next few weeks. 
as we redefined hope this month, we have a hope and a prayer for all of you that you will just take some time to think about who is powering your hope. Are you resting in the things of this world or have you really embraced the fact that your hope is secure in Jesus? I think when we understand our identity in Christ, when we lean into that and live into that, it gets easier and easier to grab onto that hope and to um, be sustained by it. Amen. This has been a beautiful series on hope, and I am excited about next month. We are learning all about resilience, and that's a virtue I don't think that we've really dug into before. The theme for next month is bounce back, teaching our kids how to bounce back when life throws you some hard times. One of the great things about resilience is that really it has been defined by experts in psychology as the number one factor for what makes a person successful in life. Wow. If you're resilient, if you have grit, if you have that kind of determination that you can get knocked down and bounce back again and keep moving forward and take your losses and make them a lesson and move forward, that that's the number one factor. So for everybody that wants to help their child be not only successful in life, but be successful in their spiritual life, this will be a super important series to be able to dig into and to get equipped to take it in and to live it out. That is wonderful. We have some amazing guests lined up to share their story of resilience. It's going to be amazing. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week. And And we we can't can't wait wait to chat with you. you.